welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen this week. Tom is a moviesman, but yeah. we're going to talk books up top, and we're going to talk babies up top. Hey, we, hey, we got a lot on the docket today. Yeah, hey, we got to do a quick, uh, during Books, the podcast, we had to do a quick, uh, two quick mini episodes, books and babies. <laughs> Uh, hey, let's start off with the baby update, Tom. Let's not bury the lead here. Yeah, come on. People are paying for this. They want to hear the juicy stuff. You met a baby last week. I Hey, I didn't meet just any baby. I met your baby. Yeah, that little yeah. guy you came over. Yeah, uh, uh, COVID numbers in, in New York City have finally like uh, come back down. Hey, we're always first, first to get real bad COVID <laughs> waves, but then first to have them die down. And yeah. uh, uh, me and my girlfriend were going to a party, a friend's party, uh, oh, a friend of the show, Andrew Gregory, co-host of uh, Punch Up the Jam. Um, and uh, that required like testing beforehand to go anyway. So, hey, safe as could be. Safe as could be. Came over, spent some time. That kid winds up uh, at the doctor's office. Tim, I want to hear about it. I don't want to get sent a bill for well, it. I'm going to send you a bill. I, I'm <laughs> going to send you a bill for, you know, at least the, the checkup. <laughs> Just we'll, to make sure. If I there's didn't... any procedures. Yeah, exactly. Then then we'll split that 50-50. Tim, time. I apologize profusely for coughing on your baby four or five times. <laughs> Coughing um, in her baby's face. You know, I apologize. I felt kind of bad because uh, he was a little standoffish around you. Oh no, he he's was usually fine. he's usually a lot more smiley, a lot more yeah. engaging. He was a little uh, fussy. Well, do you want to explain why you told me off mic why? Yeah, exactly. As soon as you left, mm-hmm. um, he I don't took- know how how protective of your baby's privacy you are yet. Yeah, well, he usually poops. Once a day, around the morning time. Really, just once? I thought babies poop like ten times a day. Or am I no. thinking of me? That's you, and uh, you know, the, the, this baby will eventually probably have a very no. Bad let diet. me tell you, Tim. Uh, Metamucil. Really, you you're you're a fiber guy. Yeah, that's that's what it was. I just wasn't getting enough fiber in my diet. Yeah, uh, you know what. Everybody's talking all the time about, oh, you need protein, need protein. No, you need fiber. Oh, Fiber's yeah. more important than protein, especially if you're not like lifted weights and shit. Get yeah. some fiber. Because my thing is like I eat uh, vegetarian a lot. And my girlfriend's mm-hmm. vegetarian and like we cook dinner, uh, you know, we switch off cooking dinner, but like we eat dinner together every night. So we always eat vegetarian. But then when I do eat meat, I'm not eating like a balanced meal. <laughs> I'm eating like exclusively meat. Or like a lot of times I'll make a, a wrap for lunch and it'll be like deli meat, cheese, and wrap. There's no fiber in there. Right. Yeah, so I have some Metamucil. Metamucil? Have you ever had Metamucil? No, I don't think so. It tastes a lot better than you would think. I I mean, you know me. I'm like I want to eat chalk. Like I I'm I'm fine with stuff that's like No. Here's here's the only thing with Metamucil. You gotta drink it like fairly quickly because it starts like solidifying. Uh, so which isn't necessarily to... bad. It kind of takes on like a jello esque consistency. Yeah, they, that's kinda gross. It's yeah, it's less than ideal. But you drink it fast, it tastes like tang. 
Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of fiber from uh, ground flaxseed, Tom. I mix Ooh. that in with my with my oatmeal in the morning. Steel-cut oats, which I also think has a lot of fiber. Yeah. Um, hey, if you guys are worried about how our poops are, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about us. They're, They're fine. fine. They're my great. My son, however, yeah. uh, last Saturday... Mm-hmm. Um, d- less than ideal. He he didn't poop before he got here, Tom. You were here in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and he was a little fussy, a little standoffish, wasn't very smiley. Then you left, and like I said, he usually it's one poop a day. It's fine. Two of the biggest poops I've ever seen come out of him <laughs> consecutively as soon as you left, and then as soon as you got that out of his system, he was were, smiley, happy. Were they gonna, the kind? Of- were they the kind of poops? Like sometimes my dog does poops where I'm like, that looks like a poop from like a bigger animal than. <laughs> no, the and here a little peek behind the curtain. The volume was was big, uh-huh. but like you know he he only drinks like formula and milk, right? Like so, there's it's only like, so much he can put. Yeah, out. it was just the same greenish yellow stuff. Ugh, like it didn't God. look like oh that looks like one of my poops because yeah. it's like no my poops aren't yellow. So uh, sorry, bud. I, Maybe I told, in forty years you'll have a poop like mine. <laughs> You're gonna hold that over his head, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your life, um, yeah. Uh, every time, like I, I told my mom that I was uh, gonna be seeing your baby, and she's like, "Ah, you could like." you're a pro with your niece. Like, you know how to change diapers and stuff. And I'm like, well, first off, I'm not changing <laughs> Tim's baby's diaper. And second also, off, like, like we were, we were there the whole time. It would be exactly. weird if you were just like, yeah, I'll change the diaper. It's like, no, nah, I do this several times a day. It's fine. Yeah. I know how to do it. And I was like, also, anytime I've had to change my niece's diaper, it's been out of absolute necessity. Cause like I've been watching her and nobody else is around. And I've, I'll say this. I think I've done a good job wiping because I'm like paranoid about that. Mm. You know, like a rash or something. But I don't think I've ever done like a good job putting a diaper on. I mean, it's not that that hard. Did we talk about no, this last week? Maybe. Too loose or too tight. It's it it's one of those things you gotta get a feel for, and I don't do it often enough to get a feel for it. Yeah. Well, if you want, you could come over and change change our kid's diaper. How but, uh, weird would that be if I was like, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'd, <laughs> I'd rescind that, that that invitation after after we stopped recording. Uh, um, but but uh, your, your boy is a very cute boy. Uh, and he did. He was like very smiley with me, at least at first and stuff. And... Uh, and I, I think you guys were kind of like, ah, he does more interesting stuff. It's like it's a baby; they don't do anything yeah. that interesting, but it's still very fun to just watch them. Yeah, we're like, he's usually a lot more fun than be like, come on, man, do, do, do. come on, do a shot, <laughs> show him. Um. Well, I hope it's uh the first of many lovely meetings between you guys and uh, tim i i hope to to get your son into like some kind of fandom that you hate but i'll (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's uh so like it'll be like oh uncle tom is taking you to the uh the opening day of the batman yeah are you going to see the batman on opening day 
I don't know. I thought and I don't think you should take my three month old son, <laughs> please, or he'll be four month old, four months old at the time. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I saw tickets went on sale today. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's one that I like. I need to see on opening day. Well, what if you have that um, first shot spoiled for you? That iconic first shot that will change the way that you think about Batman forever. Yeah. I don't, you know, like this looks like it's going to be a good Batman movie, but I'm also like, they've done this version of Batman so many times that uh, I'm sure I'm going to love this movie. I'm sure it's going to be good, but like, I want to see a different take on Batman. Would you be into like a an MCU style Batman, like a a wisecracking, a wiseacre Batman? Not a wiseacre Batman, but like in the comics, you know, nowadays at least, like Batman. Well, you like to see is you like to see Superman or Lois Lane's <laughs> butt in the comics. Tim, that comic came out like twenty years ago. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like modern day comics, Batman is like much more of a fatherly figure like mm, there's like me yeah exactly no but it's like there's trying multiple... to get his baby to poop <laughs> there's multiple trying to get robin to poop regularly and not embarrass him in front of his friends <laughs> well but that's the thing there's like multiple robins that have like grown up and like become their own superheroes but then he's got his actual like uh, biological son uh, is like the current Robin. But then he's got like there are multiple like bat girls and there's a bat woman and like all these other people that he kind of oversees and like it softened him a little bit. He's not he's not, the you know, the version we see in the movies. Right. He's more of like a, a, like I said, like a fatherly type figure, not so uptight, not so like. Um, well, it's like when the angry young man yeah. starts to grow up and he gets a little older and wiser and uh, gets a little bit more perspective. Right. It's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, the only way to change things isn't necessarily through fucking up the whole system. Right. Yeah, he's not as much uh, like his mission isn't all about vengeance uh, nowadays. It's more about like I've got all these people that count on me, and I need to be there for them. And like sometimes he's not, you know. And and those are interesting stories when when that kind of stuff happens. But I feel like that's kind of what they've got to. Do I mean there's so many like Batman's son and Superman's son are friends, and it's like to me that's more interesting. Like I'd rather see a movie about that relationship than just another like. I mean, like I said, this seems like it's a very good take on like uh, you know leans more into the detective version, but it's like eh, Christopher Nolan got like eighty percent there. Yeah. This might be a little bit better, but I don't think it's, I mean, you know, fast forward a month from now and I'm like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Is Keith Ledger playing the Joker in this? No, but it sounds like there's a secret Joker. Hmm. Um, Great. The, <laughs> no, that's the last thing Gotham City needs. <laughs> um, 
no, what's this guy's name? I'm, I'm looking up his name. Uh, a, a nice Irish boy uh, who, who's been in other things, but he's like cast in this as a, um, oh, uh, Barry Keegan, K-E-O-G-H-A-N. I don't know. But like he's credited as Officer Stanley Merkel. But he's like not in any of the trailers and people are speculating that he's the Joker and there's going to be like a tease for the Joker. Hey, that's great. I think here's my speculation. He's the Joker, but this Batman's already faced off against the Joker and the Joker's in Arkham and he goes to Arkham for like advice or something like a, heard it you here know, first. A, like a silence, silence of the Lamb style thing. Right. To catch the Riddler. Hmm. Hey, that'd be nice. The Joker and the Riddler also were always too similar enough. Um, okay. We've talked about babies. We've well, talked there, about Batman. A, and it's there, time for books. Listen. The three Bs. Before that, there's a, uh, a comic series from a few years ago, The Battle of Jokes and Riddles. And it's the Joker versus the Riddler. Hmm. Do you get to see uh, Lois Lane's butt in it, Dom? Because I know that's I what know. you're really into. Look, Lois Lane's she's a looker. Yeah. <laughs> and if she's got a nice butt and we see that in the comics sometimes, okay. Yeah. I I just I didn't know that every comic you read uh showed a woman taking a shower in it. She had been like flying around with Superman or something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh books, Tom. Books. Uh, books coming out that I want to read. Um, and I can't tell if it's going to be uh, an actual, like, that I'm actually interested in it, or if it's mm. a hate read, or I don't even know anymore right. um, to where my interests lie with anything, um, how sincere or ironic my enjoyment of anything is. Mm. Um, Chuck Klosterman's new book, The 90s, about my favorite decade, the 1990s. Right. I like Chuck Klosterman. Where Not do you Not to be confused Chuck- with the Killing Joke song, The 80s. Right, which is a whole different decade, <laughs> and a, a different type of media. Where do you where do you fall on uh, Chuck Klosterman? Um, I like him, uh, but exhausting. And the more you hear from him, the more you're just like, "All right, man, sh- actually, shut up." Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like I like him, but I can, but I can also like uh, see. Like, all right, this is this is like a little cloying. This is a little. Uh, his writing, it, you know, it's a little too like. Um, I don't know, like fan being a yeah. fan of things, like elevating elevating things that aren't meant to be elevated. But it's like you know what? But that's fun sometimes. Yeah, I and feel like I that's, think that cons- style was novel in like 2002 or 2003, and then yeah, like he, it he became very, kind of the norm. He very much uh, strikes me as like somebody who came out of like Quentin Tarantino, like that like Quentin Tarantino in the 90s was somebody that's like, I'm going to go back to these like exploitation movies and these movies that people say are bad and junk and I'm going to elevate that. Right. And then as a result, like all these other things came about and I feel like Chuck Klosterman's kind of one of those people 
Um, but he's like covered things that I like and I feel like hasn't taken himself too seriously where it's like, yeah, I could read about, you know, his take on this particular nostalgic thing, but I'm worried about with the nineties that it's like too nostalgic, that it's going to get too. I think that might be exactly what I'm looking for. Cause like I, I, I got tired of his shtick, I think. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I think right, a lot of people like did. I think his book, yeah. I think his sales were kind of. And I think that's why he was just like, all right, I'm just going to write the book that you think I should have written all along. Just like yeah. a Gen X guy writes about the nineties. And it's like, cool. <laughs> yes. Like I've ignored, like I haven't read the last few books you, you wrote. Um, yeah. Cause they were all seeming like kind of samey. Um, but this one I'll definitely dip into, but he's been doing a lot of press for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been reading interviews with him and he's been talking about how like the nineties were the last real decade. Yes. That, with, with, that's like, what identity. I've heard too. Yeah. But he also says like ever since then, you know, like the, the whatever you call 20, uh, 2000 to 2010 and then the teens, right? Yeah. The aughts and the, the teens. Aughts he's and just the like, teens. he's like, they're not distinct decades. And he's just like, yeah, everything's kind of falling in on each other. And like a pop song from 2008 doesn't sound any different from a pop song in 2019. And like, he thinks like, this is a thing that's like happening throughout culture. I think that's just what happens when you become, start becoming an old man. And you're just like, Oh, it all looks the same. I wasn't in my teens or my twenties and like really cared about this shit when this stuff came out. Therefore, like it's not like it's not as distinct. It's like I don't know the way that we think of the nineties as formative, right? Is the way that anybody in high school man is gonna think of? Yeah, they're just gonna be like, oh no, it's all stupid and confusing. And if you thought like um, an old man could tell flock of seagulls apart from Jamiroquai or whatever, and like (laughs) he'd be like, or like the the eighties and nineties from Nirvana. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, no. uh, It's all noise. Yeah, so I think there is a little bit of like, oh, how does this guy still, and like, how does no, how do none of its editors like ever tell him like, "Mm, maybe this theory is just like a natural thing that happens to everybody all the time. (laughs) It's not like society. It's just like you and your like views becoming more myopic. But yeah. I uh, will wait and see. I wonder if, um, cause he kind of has a decent hypothesis, which is basically uh, something that I, I think everybody can agree on that around 2000 uh, is when it started. And certainly by this point, it's, it's gained a lot of momentum. Uh, the idea of the death of the monoculture, right? That, You know, we for so long, there were, you know, uh, two newspapers in every city and everybody read both of them. There were five TV channels. Everybody watched them. Even when cable came about, it was like cable was like CNN, Nickelodeon, MTV. That that was and everything else was just kind of like reruns and stuff. Um, The idea that, yeah, there there was. Because there's no monoculture anymore, things are being uh, kind of mixed together. 
But I was just thinking about them like, you know, the iPhone came out in 2007. It, it took a couple of years to really take off. So I think like the 2000s in retrospect, the, the aughts are going to be like the Internet was big, but we weren't on it all the time yet. Right. And then the and- 2010s are going to be like, oh, that's when everyone got a phone and everyone was on social media all the time. And social media started like really having an effect on the real world on elections and, and things like that. Yeah. And also like culturally, like, or just like the way that like music and humor and TV Mm. and movie, like, do you remember how like crass and dark and shitty everything was in the aughts in the early aughts where it's like, the Tucker Maxes of the world and like oh yeah yeah um, like Maxim was huge yeah like and then like there's a difference between that and then what was happening in the teens right like yeah. so like I don't know he did say one interesting thing either like in a blurb for the book or mm-hmm. I don't know somewhere he's just like on any given Thursday night more people were watching Seinfeld on a random Thursday night then watched the finale of Game of Thrones. And the weird thing is, like, if you missed it when it was on, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) It's just like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see that Seinfeld episode. Uh, I was out. I was doing something. And I'll see it in a rerun. The way that the monoculture, or it's just like, or I'll never see it, or like, I don't know. It's not that important to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, this guy's a a cultural critic. So, of course, I I think like you, I'm very interested in reading this book because that stuff strikes me as like stuff that's in the in the introduction where it's like, eh, you can agree or disagree. Like, Mm -hmm. but I'm interested in your take on the 90s, not compared to because it's like, you know, every decade's not better or worse than mm-hmm. the one before it. It's just different. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm give interested. Me, give me so, give me a chapter on the OJ trial. Come on. <laughs> give, me, give me a chapter on. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looks Kirk like it, uh, I'm looking at the uh, the description here and it's like, you know, uh, uh, Berlin Wall, cop killer, Titanic, Zima. It's like, yeah, I want to hear about all these things. Yeah. Tell me something I don't know about these things, please. But yeah, yeah but I'm a little, it, it makes me a little worried the idea of like, yeah, kids nowadays don't have culture. Back then we had, it's like, no, you just don't understand it. But like, you know, the, the aughts are going to be like, oh, that's when like fucking memes came about and all these different, the idea of an influencer you know, and again, it's no better or worse than what was going on in the 90s. It's just different. This book came out a couple days ago, Tom. You, It came out? Mm-hmm. February 8th. You can't say, you can't be, you can't be somebody like him, and I'm not saying he's doing this, and look at this stuff and be like, oh, this isn't what it's like in the 90s. We didn't have these influencers. Yeah, we didn't have influencers. Guess who we had? We had fucking Puck. On the real world. Yeah, exactly. Worse than any influencer. Um, (laughs) I hope he didn't influence. I hope he influenced you to become a better person, Tim, and give up that silly dream of being a bike messenger in in San Francisco. Should we cover um, the 90s book 
chapter by chapter in addition to whatever we're doing <laughs> on uh, Books no. to Pocket? Because like, I think we both want to read it. Well, I, actually, here's my proposal. Like a real book club. Listen, here's my proposal. I think we should do... I'm thinking next week we do a palate cleanser. And here's the palate cleanser I'm thinking of, Tim. A movie, a famous movie that I think both of us would like to see, but we've never actually seen, which may then lead to a book. And that movie's called Heat. Oh, I recently watched Heat, Tom. Oh, God damn it, Tim. For the first time, like like a month and a half ago. <laughs> oh, damn it. That was going to be um, my suggestion, that we, that we both just watch Heat and talk. I mean, I guess you already watch it. I could watch it, and then we could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, haven't, we haven't talked about it. Like, yeah. I haven't talked to anybody about it. Okay. I've, I've, yeah, I watched well, it after my wife and son went to bed one night. <laughs> uh, because they're putting out a Heat 2 uh, oh, novel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's uh, writing. Michael Mann's writing a novel, yeah. right? I mean, that that's awesome, though. That he's just like, yeah, everybody's too old. Fuck it. I'm not going to yeah. do this and just de-age everyone. The hell with that. I'll just write a novel. Yeah, let's watch Heat and, and talk about it next week. I'll watch okay. Heat again. I fucking love it. Yeah, so we'll watch Heat again, or I'll watch it for the first time. You watch it for the second time. But then maybe after that, yeah, maybe we just read the 90s together and talk about it. Yeah. Because right. it's, it's rare that like a nonfiction book is like that much both up of our up both of our alleys. Yeah. And I would suggest that maybe or after next week, maybe we'll, mm -hmm. we'll all get... And then uh, people can actually read along because it's a new yeah. book. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, maybe the, con the 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 comment section will be off the hook. Maybe um, it will be. That's all I want. I want these comment sections to be yeah. off the hook. Sound off in the comments. Well, and the good about thing about what you think about this plan. The good thing about this is, like, regardless of whether uh, people read it or not, they're still going to have opinions. Exactly. You know, it's still something I would think all of our listeners have some experience in the 90s, even if they were. Uh, mm, that's not necessarily true. Tom. I know. But I was going to say, even if they're a little baby, they might still have been in the 90s. But yeah, some of them weren't. No, I think we have we, people, you know, we have like 16 year old listeners and stuff. Yeah. Well, then they can sound off about what they thought happened. Did. Did O.J. Simpson fly the plane into the World Trade Center? Yeah, of course. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Tim, I watched a movie uh, this week uh, called uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, a fan edit of the three Hobbit movies, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, mm. all edited down. Uh, I think it's called MapleFilms.com. Uh, can you really say, can you be like, we're a film company? <laughs> when when you're just re-editing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you can. They got the, you know, I guess GoDaddy.com or whatever didn't ask enough questions. Yeah. Um, well, that's on Danica Patrick, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm actually excited about. No, it looks like they have done a, a bunch of like uh, legitimate original films, but uh, but I am excited under their fan edits. Well, they have two other fan edits. They have one 
that is a fan edit of Finest Hour with Dunkirk. What's Finest Hour? Also like a, a, a war movie, a World War uh, uh, Two movie, I think. So they just <laughs> merged them together? Yeah, I guess. With like different actors and stuff? Yeah. Why not just watch them back to back? Yeah, I think it's just like, hey, look, like we're intercutting, you know, um, uh, yeah, the near the I'm looking at the description. The year is 1940 as Hitler's forces storm across Europe. Winston Churchill is elected new prime minister. Uh, his leadership is immediately tested with hundreds of thousands of British and allied troops. Uh, become trapped on the beaches of Dunkirk. So I'm guessing, like, I've never seen Finest Hour, but I'm guessing there's, like, discussion of the, the Battle of Dunkirk it's got happening. got your favorite guy, Chris Pine, in it. Uh, oh, okay. I do like Chris Pine. I wouldn't uh, object to that. But I guess it's just, like, probably uh, Finest Hour, that Gary Oldham, old man, as uh, as Churchill, I think, right? Am oh, I thinking wait. of the right movie? Is it Finest Hour or Finest Hours? Finest Hour, singular. Oh, well, that's then that's not starring Chris Pine. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of Finest Hours. But I'm I'm just guessing in this movie, it's like, you know, times when he's like, well, what's going on in Dunkirk? They cut to then the movie Dunkirk and we right. see what's going on. So uh, not a terror, but I think it's like, I think the problem with that is like I haven't again I haven't seen Finest Hour but yeah I've heard it's very good. Uh, me and you we saw Dunkirk I think before most. We have oh, had yeah. to prove it. Yeah, we went to a, an advanced screening. Tom, yeah, at the Museum of the Moving Image, which mm-hmm. is my favorite museum. It has a permanent Jim Henson exhibit. I used to live nearby it. Yeah. Um, my my Henson. favorite museum is the Museum of Art. Because I'm very I know. cultural. Yeah, but guess what, Tom? Does your favorite museum also? I sent you this, and you didn't comment on it. <laughs> oh yeah, um, they they showed um, all of the Jackass movies last weekend. Yeah, um, culminating. In, yeah, with, with yeah, you said uh, Jack uh, Jackass Forever. Yeah, which I still want to see, Tom. We should go see it. Like the, the number one you, movie. In uh, ever, you know what we should do? Is there like uh, like it's ten forty three right now? Is there like an eleven thirty on a Thursday night <laughs> screening? Tim, I'm not going fucking anywhere after we do this. <laughs> no, Tom, we should you're... go to like a matinee screening when you're on your uh second paternity leave. Oh, I'm gonna bring them. <laughs> bring well, my oh yeah, in. I guess I guess part of that is then you're. What I'm care. saying, I could sneak out right now. <laughs> Their yeah. buddies asleep here. Then they'd be none the wiser. Um, yeah, I do really want to see Jackass forever. Nobody's gonna be there. Um, we don't tell my wife. <laughs> don't tell my wife I went to see Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then this Maple Films. So what I was going to say is I think it's weird that they did an edit of Dunkirk and Finest Hour, two movies that I think are pretty like critically acclaimed into one. Right. Eh, maybe it's fine. But I think those are two movies where nobody was like, ah, I wish I knew what what uh, fucking Winston Churchill was thinking right now, though. 
But they did do like a 55 minute edit of um, Rogue One, a Star Wars movie, Star Mm -hmm. Wars story or something. Um, That's just like a battle that they just like cut everything else out except for like this big battle that happens during the movie, Mm -hmm. which I that's cool because like that movie. I remember liking that movie, but I think that movie was like one of those, like had a lot of like uh, chefs in the kitchen type thing. Right. So like there are a lot of parts of it where it's like this part. People loved that movie. Yeah, but there's, but I think there's a lot of parts of it where people are like that part didn't really need to be there. They were just trying to like connect it to something else or whatever. Right. Um, and this, it seems like it just distills it down. But then their Hobbit edit is an attempt to take the three Hobbit movies and not only edit them into one, you know, complete movie, but to take out everything that was added as kind of like fluff. Right. Which apparently was a lot because the book wasn't that long. Yeah, the book wasn't that long. So I was reading a little bit about the behind the scenes. I complete. I remember here again. I'm not like a big uh, Lord of the Rings guy, um, but I do remember hearing about this after I read about it. That um, originally uh, Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do these movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Your favorite and guy. He made uh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, which I just watched and I liked. Um, he's not my favorite guy actually, because like I've seen a few of his movies that have been like, you, you said, uh, shape of water was enchanting. I've never seen shape of water yeah, and it's actually not that good. it's weird because I think I would like that, but I saw like the Hellboy movies and I yeah. thought they were like, I, the second one I fell asleep during it in the theater. Um, then that was the movie. I saw that in Thailand at the movie theater where I had to stand up to like, salute Uh, the the king the king yeah and i remember being like it was like you know one of the only times in my life i felt like very patriotic where i was just like well what if i don't (laughs) and the people i was with were like they'll fucking come in and arrest you and put you in jail just fucking stand you don't have to (laughs) pledge allegiance or anything it's just a show of respect just stand for 60 seconds while this song plays all right. I'll begrudgingly do it. <laughs> I do want to see Hellboy too. <laughs> um but uh he was supposed to do it and then like there were like rights issues and stuff and I guess things fell apart where Guillermo del Toro, I think it was one of those things where he had spent a lot of time working on it. And then it was getting to the point where he was just like, look, are we going to fucking make this or not? Because if not, I I'm Guillermo del Toro. I have like my next projects lined up. Right. So he left. I have because, the shape of water. Yeah. He left because he was like, I need to get going on my next thing or else it's never going to happen. So then they brought in Peter Jackson, uh, who, of course, did all the Lord of the Rings movies. Who I'm sure was probably like executive producing, right? The, yeah, the other... he was executive producing. He was involved in the um, 
pre-production, he apparently offered that he was like, I'll be a second unit director for these movies. Like, I just love all I this. Guillermo just, Del Toro is just like, all right, like, this guy clearly wants to make these movies. I, this guy's going to be kinda, breathing down my goddamn neck the whole I time. I kind of got that impression that it was like, oh, I'll be the second unit director. It's like, well, nobody wants that. <laughs> Um, and it also sounded like Guillermo del Toro's idea was that the first movie would be very different from the Lord of the Rings movies, like look visually different and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, so he was going to do it as two Wait, movies. Wait, it was, oh, two movies? Okay. That was and that the second movie would start to like change to lead up to Lord of the Rings. So he still wanted to like fit. But I think he still wanted to put his own stamp on it. And he's like, oh, and, and then also the to second- show um, Bilbo's journey, probably from like just whimsical guy, like going about his life to like a uh, uh, guy more aware of the larger world. Yeah. That then would serve right into the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. He had like a little bit of a different take on Bilbo, it sounds like, where where it was going to be a little more like, apparently it was going to be a little more like Bilbo was a guy that like used to go on adventures, Mm -hmm. but had kind of like fallen out of adventuring. So this would kind of be like his return. He would be like, I think maybe like a little less reluctant to go on an adventure. Um, but, uh, he was still going to use like the sets that they, you know, the, like, uh, Hobbiton sets and stuff like, so it was going to have like visual connections to Peter Jackson's, but so Peter Jackson, you know, after Guillermo dropped out, they got Peter Jackson in. They got some of the right stuff squared away, but not all of it. Apparently, they couldn't get like, uh, uh, what's it called? It's like the Similarian or something like that. It's like another book that Peter uh, Jackson wrote. The there are like Tolkien two other wrote. like ancillary books that apparently they couldn't get the rights to. Really? Which is dumb, right? Like the state should have been like, well, who the fuck are we going to have make these like (laughs) basically like notebooks into movies? Um, Although I think that's kind of what Amazon's doing now. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I I hope that doesn't succeed. Yeah, they're making a series called uh, Rings of Power that sounds like it's about like all the rings that were initially made. But then I just read a thing about how like Lord of the Rings and Hobbit rights or uh, video game and movie rights are up for sale. And it's like, what? Oh, they didn't have those. What What the hell are they doing then? And why don't, don't they just why on. are these up for sale? Why didn't they already secure like we'll just we're Amazon. We'll just pay fucking whatever it costs. Hey, Tom, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Well, and also take it like, up with Bezos. Who the hell is going to go out there He's and make a, a a Lord of the Rings or Hobbit reboot? You know, right now, <laughs> where it's like, no, these movies were done already, and um, nobody liked the Hobbit movies. <laughs> what? Did you, you like know, the Hobbit movies? I thought I thought that was true, but these movies cumulatively made three billion dollars out of the box. Yeah, office. I know, but that's just because people fucking go see anything and yeah. then they don't like it. Yeah, but I think it's hard to do with three movies. 
to get to that point. Like people had to have liked it enough. Even if it was just like, I'm a diehard Lord of the Rings fan. I'll go see all these movies just because I like these characters and the setting. Right. And even if the movies aren't that great, I don't, that's secondary. I just want to see this again. I love this so much. Right. And, you know, there's enough people out there. Um, so apparently when he got involved, there was like no real pre-production. They were kind of making these movies on the fly, which is kind of how it wound up being three movies because they wound up just, I think just kind of like shooting a bunch of stuff and not really sure how everything was going to, uh, shift, uh, sift out. So it was like, oh, now we've got kind of too much. If we can go back and do 10 weeks of reshoots, then I can make this into three movies. And of course, any movie studios like, yes, great. (laughs) Three movies is better than two movies. Can you split that third one into two, actually? Yeah. Uh, Um, Part three, part one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they did with Harry Potter. Like the seventh book was in two parts. Um, Hey. So he just kind of loved it. He just kind of showed up and just was like, let's just fucking start making stuff. Um, I do think it's like, I'm not going to talk too much about the movie itself just because, uh, well, like the, the plot of the movie, just because I think it, it did follow everything that you talked about pretty closely. Right. I know these movies, they added, um, Evangeline Lily as a female elf that was yeah. like not in the books. And you were happy about that because you like her stance on um you know public health issues. You know, I wasn't sure. I was like, what's Tim gonna go with? Is he gonna go with I'm happy she's in it because she's anti vax or I'm mad because I don't want women in the, in the <laughs> Hobbit movies. It's, it's a real coin flip of what Tim was going to character assassinate. Well, it felt with. like the anti vax stuff really uh, captured the zeitgeist. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she is like not in this edit at all. Um, oh, really? I, yeah. There was Were like. Were you bummed about that? There was like one. You know, I was more just kind of confused because, like, I knew she was in these movies. So I was like, I would see her in like group shots. And I was like, oh, but, but then I would have to remember, like, oh, this is supposed to be sticking to the book. So they've cut her out. And And the guy guy who did this cut was probably like, yeah, that's why we didn't want the women in it because it's uh, because of the book. There was like one line she had where it was like, they're getting away or something like that, that I guess they just couldn't uh, remove. But they did, in fairness to her, she did an interview. She seems she seems like somebody tough to work with because she seems like she like really shits on things she's worked on. Yeah, but guess what? She's so good. That it, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. She's like said to not have her. She's so just like mediocre as an actor and then she just like shits on things in the press interviews and in these press interviews she was like the one thing before i signed on to this movie i made them guarantee me and again it's like this kind of looks bad on you because it's like either you don't know what a guarantee is 
<laughs> or you back down because they were like, we'll just give you more money. But she was like, they guaranteed me that there wouldn't be a love triangle. And I guess maybe because mm. she was coming off of loss where she was part of a love triangle. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, and we shot the movie and it was great. And then uh, when they brought me back for reshoots, sure enough, there was a love triangle. Oh, and wow. it's kind of like, well, then you didn't have them guarantee you because either that wasn't in your contract, which isn't a guarantee, right. or it was and they paid you off, in which case, you know, just don't bring it up. But right. it was all cut out. But apparently in the movie, there was like a love triangle between Legolas and um, Killy, one of the dwarfs. Uh. And in cool. this, and, and in this movie, Killy's like he's kind of like a hot dwarf. Nice. He's like a a very handsome looking guy. Some of these guys they've got like big prosthetic noses and stuff, but not this guy. He's just like straight up a handsome guy. It's like Orlando Bloom. Tim, let me tell you about this movie and fucking Orlando Bloom, I don't know. I don't think Legolas is in the book all that much. I think that's one of those things in the movie. They were like, let's put him in more, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the character he plays. Yeah. Because he's he's in this super cut, but like not much at all. So like watching a super cut, I'm like, there's no way this is all... Orlando Bloom is in these movies. Like, right. surely if they got him, he's going to have more parts. And again, it sounds like, you know, he had this like love triangle that was cut out. But Tim, they bring in the bard and they've got this actor, Luke Evans, who uh, I'm sure you've seen in other things. I'm going to send you this picture through. Uh, Please do. Yeah. Through, through our messaging right now. This guy, Luke Evans, I thought I was crazy and I Googled it. He looks exactly like Orlando Bloom to the point where I'm watching this movie. It, I just sent it to you through Slack. Okay. Um, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, they cast Orlando Bloom as a different character? Why'd they do that? <laughs> Orlando and, Bloom is one of those guys where I think like 10 different guys look like, oh man, yeah, but these guys look alike. <laughs> <laughs> They're like identical. Is he, he's on the right? Orlando Bloom is on the left? Yes. Okay. I'm going to send you another one. Because, uh, I, again, I was looking this up like, am I crazy or do these guys look uh, almost exactly alike? Where's the one I'm looking for? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, but, yeah, apparently other people on the Internet uh, vindicated me. So I know I'm not a. It must, feel, uh, it must. It must feel nice to be vindicated by people on the internet. It's nice to be vindicated by people on the internet for a change. All right, hey, here we go. Let me send you this one. This is one where they've both got similar facial hair too. Oh yeah. Okay. These guys are dead ringers for each other. Yeah, Why the, the hell one guy you has like cast... slightly different hair, and that's the only way I can tell guys <laughs> apart in movies. <laughs> Uh, but they're both like handsome in the same way. Yeah. Um, they so, switch sides this time, right? Oh, uh, in this picture, 
Um, yes, they did switch okay. sides. It's kind of right. hard to tell, though. It is hard to tell, yeah. So it's very Phew. confusing. This guy shows up in the movie. I'm like, oh, it's 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 Legolas in disguise, all right? <laughs> and it's like, no, there's a different guy. We just happen to cast another guy who looks just like him. Uh, you know, uh, they when they're making a Dylan McDermott movie, they're not casting Dermot Mulroney in yeah, these exactly. things. Um, but uh, but they might for a Super Bowl commercial, right? The, hey, About, maybe they oh, will. Man, they're getting there. But I was mixed I was looking it up because I was trying to GoDaddy.com. Um, I thought um, uh, Martin Freeman was very good as Bilbo. Although Martin Freeman's one of those actors that's like, look, don't get me wrong, this guy's great, but this guy's not a good actor. He can only act. About? He can only act one way. <laughs> what do you mean? He act like Tim from The Office in this? He, yeah, he, he acted like Tim. I, I kept waiting for him to look at the camera. <laughs> Like in the in the first well, if he movie, he didn't. Then it's a different character. In the first movie and in the trailer, there's a part where he's like, "I'm Bilbo Baggins from Bag End," and the way he like says it and like the the hand movements he does, it's like that's Tim from the UK office when he gets mad. <laughs> um, and like he's great in Black Panther. He's great in um, uh, Sherlock. He's great in Sherlock. He's great in Fargo, but it, but you know he's got a limited range, and that's fine. That's great. He's a great actor, and you're you're a ninny, Tom. Uh, well, look, I'm not claiming I'm a better actor. He's very good. He's he's just not very versatile. I would say he he doesn't I have disagree. like a. I think he's great in everything he does. I didn't say he's not great in everything he does, but I'm just saying this whole time I felt like I was watching Tim from the UK office in the Hobbit. Yeah, because it's the same guy. It's the same guy that played him. Plays, oh, I didn't know plays that. Plays Bilbo. Yeah. Um. He. Uh, I'm. I'm like fast forwarding through a bunch of stuff just just yeah. to hit the highlights. First off, this movie especially makes it clear what the fuck is Gandalf Steel. That's why I, I that He's was annoying me. Disappearing, and then it's like when everybody's about to get their throat slit, he's like, Oh, he comes in and like blasts energy to like I mean, throw everybody away. Do you think there's other like groups of dwarves and hobbits and stuff that he's like, he's just popping back from each one and like saving them from peril? I mean, if he's not doing that, then he's a real asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because this whole, like, in the beginning of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, Gandalf's just hanging out with them the whole time. It's not going to be like Lord of the Rings where he only shows up when everybody's about to be killed. <laughs> and then, sure enough, it's like, he, yeah, you that's know. that's his whole thing. Everybody looks, you know, he's like, oh, look at that. Uh, a waterfall. And then they turn back and he's gone. And they're like, oh, he disappeared. I guess we'll yeah. never see him again. And then, it, you know, some orcs about to, like, behead somebody. And they're like, and he's like, oh, don't do that. Oh, I'm Gandalf. So that was real annoying. Um, it was weird watching this movie. So this movie's four hours, 20 minutes. And, like, all they did was cut out stuff that is not in the books. They did not, like, trim the fat at all. So, <laughs> like, when Bilbo's talking to uh, Gollum, and they're like having a war of riddles. 
uh right but that people, happens in the people book? yeah people love Gollum though so i'm sure they're like keep that in these riddles it's like 20 minutes of back and forth riddles tom that was the book and i just freaking <laughs> I, I didn't understand most of the riddles some of them weren't even riddles and the thing is at the end like i'm like Gollum's right this this shit had stole his ring <laughs> He's so mad. He's like, you stole my precious. It's like, yeah, he's right. You know, maybe Gollum shouldn't have it. Maybe it's bad for him. But, you know, Bilbo wasn't stealing it because he's like, oh, it's turned you into a monster. He's like, no, nah, I want to be invisible sometimes. Um, uh, I also have in my notes. Uh, so like after he gets the ring and the ease, he turns invisible and he catches back up with all the dwarves. These catty little dwarves are talking shit about Bilbo every chance they get. See, I don't understand why they even enlisted him. Bilbo goes to take a leak and they're like, oh, don't hate Bilbo. (laughs) Yeah, because the whole thing is like he's a burglar and it's like, but he's not a burglar. And then they're like, well, hobbits can be very quiet. All right. Yeah. But. So can other, I'm sure elves can be very quiet too. Yeah. Why Bilbo? Uh, there's like a whole, uh, uh, when they get caught in the spider webs and stuff, that seems kind of cool because like Bilbo's like kind of turning towards the dark side because he's been using the ring too much. Yeah. So he just like fucking kills all these spiders yeah when he kills the spider in the book he's like it becomes like ooh, i feel powerful in a way that i've yeah. never felt powerful before yeah. and i'm watching that just I'm like, like the way that you killed that drifter that one time <laughs> tim i told you i felt you don't understand how powerful it felt to do that <laughs> So I mean, you yeah, told don't me, judge until you, you told felt me so that much kind of when power. you wanted me go, to go out uh, to, to find some more drifters. With Tim, you. I felt like God. It was amazing. Yeah. I was in charge of life and death. Um, Smaug does. Uh, oh, I also have in my notes. Uh, I did like at one point one of the one of the dwarves said, "Bless my beard," and I like that <laughs> saying. I'm yeah, gonna start saying here. that. <laughs> 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 um, Smog. Does a real fucking number on this town. Holy hell. I know. He freaking uh, decimated it, man. And then even when the bard kills him, it's like he kills him as Smaug is like flying at 100 miles an hour. So he just like crashes into the town and like skids through the whole thing, knocking over every building, killing every person in his bath. I feel like they showed that shot in the trailer for the Desolation of Smaug. Like, oh, I'm sure there, because it looked they, like it, a very expensive effect shot. But could like could they have like what a weird movie? Yeah, that it's like we're gonna tell you what happens at the end of the movie in the title, and we're yeah. gonna show that happening in the trailer in the commercials. Well, so let me tell you, though, that doesn't happen in the Desolation of Smog movie, I don't think. What? Well, what does desolation mean? Uh, like destruction, right? Mm. So I'm looking at the uh, uh, Wikipedia. The end of uh, the plot summary is back inside the mountain during a long chase. Bilbo and the dwarves rekindled the, the mountain's forge using Smog's flame to create and melt a long gold statue. 
hoping to bury Smog alive in the molten gold. They do so, but Smog emerges from the gold, stumbles out of the mountain, and flies off to destroy Lake Town as Bilbo watches after him in horror and despair. So that doesn't happen in that movie. It happens in the mm. next movie. Oh, okay. Which is crazy, because it's like, Smog didn't do anything except like swing in, swim in some gold like fucking Scrooge McDuck. Hmm. Let me tell you, though, also... Uh, the, the like throne room or whatever and smogs in, it's huge. I know he's got to, that's why the dwarves want to get all that treasure back. Yeah. But I mean, it is the kind of money that when I, when, you know, they have like their whole, uh, uh, tiff about who's going to take what and everything. I was like, this is the kind of money that will like destabilize economies, <laughs> but I didn't hear any of any of the people bring now. that up but it was a lot of money i i get that now uh the bard kills smog and then he has this real dumb scene like that a lot of the people like escape to like i i guess uh lake town i guess this is town on the lake so they uh-huh. like swim across the lake and the bard you know a guy's like he's our new king and the bard's like i'm no leader and then immediately gives out directions to everybody <laughs> mm. of like what to do. He's a, a leader. Uh, yeah, I don't watching... know why they have stuff like that in movies and books. Yeah, and stuff. just like, like have a guy be like, yeah, I'm into that, yeah. it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm the leader. Um, watching this battle, I I was once again reminded of like anytime I watch like Game of Thrones or any of these like uh, uh, like uh, three hundred even. Uh, you know, old, old timey, like sword and shield battles and spears and bows and arrows. I always think the same thing. Boy, I wouldn't want to be in a battle like this. No, it I looks agree. like it's just random whether you get killed or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like stuff's just could, coming at weird angles and stuff. Yeah, it's all about angles. You could be having like a real honorable fight with some guy and then somebody comes up behind you and just chops your head off or like yeah. sticks a knife in your back. It, it yeah. just seems like a real shitty way to, I mean, it's not like any throw. war's good, but I guess. But also, like, how do you keep track? Like, it's not like everybody's wearing, like, oh, red, like I mean, shirts and skins or something, right? Well, but that that's the other thing. Like, I think there's a lot of, uh, like, historians and stuff, yeah, that talk about, like, you know, for example, the Civil War in America. That's like, oh, yeah, a lot of people accidentally killed the wrong people. Yeah. Because it's like, well, they were wearing dark gray or dark blue. <laughs> it's very hard to tell. Um this is the battle of the five armies. And I was trying to figure out. So the armies are orcs, dwarves, elves, men. And is the fifth army just birds? Is it just the birds that come in? The eagles? The birds come, aren't there? Um, the bear man brings them in. Yeah, the bear man is, is, is there. Like, they're the ones that come and, like, save them at the end. Wait, say yeah. it again? Orcs. Elves, dwarves, humans, and uh, birds, right? No, because um, something scarier comes. Hold on, hold on. Is it like goblins and orcs? Well, yeah, like one of yeah, those goblin, goblins come. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought they were like the same. 
I forgot that I, you know, I was talking about how like I'm not into any of this stuff, but I forgot mm-hmm. I played, um, uh, oh, what the hell was it called? It was like a Middle Earth game for PS4 that was awesome. Uh, uh, Sha- uh, Shadow of War? I don't think that was the one. I think that's a sequel. Shadow of Mordor. That was the game I played. That game was awesome because you would fight a lot of orcs. But the thing was, when you killed an orc, it would like, uh, I guess you wouldn't kill it. You would just defeat it. And then later on, it would come back and it would like have scars and it would remember like how you fought it and like taunt you and be like, last time you beat me with a bow, but now you won't be able to beat me with a sword. Or if it killed you and he came back, it would remember, like, I killed you before. I'll kill you again. It was really cool. It was fun. Um, it was, That sounds like fun. Dwarves, elves, humans, goblins, and wargs. Oh, okay, yeah. A lot of these things look the same, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's offensive to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, like, they win. Uh, Thorin dies. Everybody kneels. Um, mm, even though Thorn kind of sucks, Thorn sucks, and like uh, you know, even in the end when like uh, they're you know at the at the very very end when Bilbo comes home, they're like, and you know they're auctioning off his shit, and they're like, can you prove your Bilbo Baggins? Do you have any like paperwork? And he's like, I have this. Uh, actually, it's pretty funny. This movie, I do, I do. It was good Martin Freeman casting. Because there is like some funny stuff in it and, and he plays it great because he's a very funny guy. Mm-hmm. Where like they're like, Do you have any paperwork? And he's like, Yeah, I have it right here. I have this contract for me as a well, don't worry about what it is because <laughs> it's this burglar contract. <laughs> yeah. Um That's good. But they're like, Who is this that signed this contract? Who is this Thorin? And he does the like movie thing really he like pauses and he's like, He was a friend. And it's like, I don't know. It sounds like this guy sucks shit all the yeah. way through. Like, it was like one maybe of those, like f- last minute redemption bullshit. But yeah, like, yeah, where don't it's know. like as he's bleeding out, he's like, I fucked up. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, but a lot of people still died because you fucked up. Yeah, because- I don't, I don't understand the whole like, uh, oh well, at, he did a lot of shitty shit, but then he was like, oh, I guess I did a lot of shitty shit. Well, it's like, well, okay, well, he said it, so. Well, you're going to hate Catholicism, Tim. <laughs> you're right, Tom. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's basically what it boils down to, that it doesn't really matter what you do, as long as at the end of the day, right before you die, you go, my bad. Um. So, yeah, that I didn't like. Like, Thorin was never redeemed for me. Where it's like there's, and I think especially like, I thought this when you were telling me about it, but especially seeing this like gold room, it's like, there is so much fucking gold. The idea that even with an army, you could hold this or take all this out is insane. And also you just watch this town get completely destroyed. You don't think they're owed anything. Yeah. It's just so greedy. And again, Throughout yeah. the rest of the story, him and everybody else is like a real dick to Bilbo. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, not- I don't understand the dynamics in this book yeah. or this book and movie, this story. Uh, like, I don't know. None of it makes sense to me. Yeah. I think more, 
than like the creatures being confusing to me. It's just like, I don't know. I don't understand people's motivations and stuff. Yeah. The whole world is really cool. Uh, you know, and, and very detailed everything that's in it, but, and I like some of the characters, but yeah, it's weird to me that, that these books are so beloved just because like some of the character motivations are just so muddy. Um, and like people don't want, people don't want to do things that it's like, well, why wouldn't you do that? That's the easy thing to do. (laughs) Right. Or they just do like real shitty things for no real reason. But yeah, at the very end, like the movie did not make it any clearer why Thorin was just such a dick. Well, maybe if you watched the full cut of all three movies, maybe you can do that for next No, week. because it's like there are so many other people that talk to him, like the Bard and uh, and Bilbo and like the other dwarves who are just like, hey, man, like, no, nah, we don't have to do it this way. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we, you know, we got plenty. It's fine. Don't they deserve something? And he's just like, no. And he, you don't really understand why he's so like steadfast in that. Right. Because it doesn't even seem like it's necessarily greed. It seems like it's just him. It's like pride of just like, no, this is ours. Yeah, it's like his birthright or something. Yeah. Anyway, final thoughts on the movie, Tom? <laughs> even at four and a half hours, this, uh, I, mean, I was going to say, even at four and a half hours, this was a long movie. I mean, four and a half hours is a long movie. <laughs> I can't believe, I thought what was interesting about this. I and can't believe I, you watched all that. Did you watch it on like fast forward or something? No, no. I mean, I did watch some of it on my computer while I was like, doing other non-important stuff but mm-hmm. but I was paying attention the whole time I didn't fast forward I didn't skip anything um and it was good like I liked it it was just so long and it made me think like it's crazy that this is like less than half the length of what these movies actually are yeah cuz it took like a half hour to get out of the shire even so it was it was interesting to watch it because I thought like, oh, this is like kind of cut for time and it's not really cut for time. It's just cut to remove the non-Tolkien parts because like they really wallow in a bunch of other scenes. Did they uh, keep in the uh, scene in the beginning that I heard about where um, Bilbo is like making dinner and dancing around and singing and dancing and all of the like silverware floats around and stuff? That was not in it. Okay. There was just a scene where the dwarves come in and just kind of like bombard him. And he's like, no, oh, oh, okay. No, well, no, don't touch that. Don't, uh, uh, well. Well, see, that's that's why you hired him from the office. Oh, I mean, he was great in that. uh, No, uh, you can't come in. (laughs) And then they go, oh, oh, all right. Well, well, then don't touch that plate. Oh, 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 no, don't throw that plate. Oh, okay. Well, it seems like you went five out of five stars. I would give it three out of five stars. Oh, wow. You rate, like, you rate things 
pretty highly when you don't like them. It's interesting. I mean, the thing, I didn't like it. It was just stuff that's like not to my taste. But it was like, I can tell a lot of work went into this. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, you're not shitting on it if you're saying yeah. like it wasn't for you, but like And like there weren't like, any performances that I was like, Ugh, you know, th- this stinks cuz like I said they cut Evangeline Lilly out of most of it. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be one of your favorite actresses. Tom. I know. Yeah, but uh Yeah, it, it's uh I if you are a fan of The Hobbit, either the books or the movies, I would definitely recommend checking out this cut because uh, it worked a lot better than I expected it to. Like, I didn't see seams in it, you know? Yeah. Th- there were no real parts, except towards the end, like when Keeley dies. I I don't think it was shown, and I think it's because uh, I I read that it's like when he's dying, it's like he professes his love or whatever to Evangeline Lilly's character. Right. So I think that's why they cut it out. But um, but other than that, like I didn't notice any anything missing. Got it. Well, no Tom- no awkward cuts or anything like that. I think I'll never watch either this cut or any of the other <laughs> cuts. And I don't think that I'll ever like watch or read anything J.R.R. Tolkien related again. I just, well, uh, why would you this have to? I told me. you everything you need to know. Yeah. But I don't think I'll uh, read the other books or watch any of the other movies. So. Well. Teach I'm sure they're, he, you know, everybody's real bummed about that. Everybody associated with these things are like, oh, please watch the movies that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> this also cut out, um, I think in, in the original movies, um, uh, what's his name? The good son appears in them a bit. Elijah Wood. Yeah. I think there's like end caps in, in yeah. maybe the first and last movie, but, but those aren't in here because. Which he I totally get. Porta potty that I was waiting in line for, smoking a cigarette. What he um, smokes cigarettes, and yeah, this is supposed to be a, a role model for children. Yeah. yeah. Um, South by Southwest in two thousand six. <laughs> um, I I do like Elijah Wood a lot. Um, so I was like a little bummed that he wasn't in these cuts. But again, I get it that it's like, no, he probably, I'm sure he wasn't mentioned in the prequel book that was actually a prequel written first, I right. think, right? Um, but I totally get that it's like, look, we're going to be shooting this movie for like over a year, these three movies, like fly him in for a week, have him do a little song and dance. Yeah. I don't know. If I were an actor, I'd want to get in on that. Of course, Get paid, yeah. Go to New Zealand. Yeah, I, especially somebody like him. He probably got like, yeah, probably a crazy amount of money to come back and yeah. do uh, just a couple of scenes. Yeah. Hey, let's hear it for Elijah Wood. Hey, he's a good, good man. And let's hear it for our patrons. Thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. Sound off in the comments. Uh, are you going to watch Heat with us? Are you going to watch? Are you going to read the '90s book by Chuck Klosterman with us? Do you even know who Chuck Klosterman is? Hey, we want to hear it all. Um, Were you born after the '90s? You have no idea what the '90s even are. I mean, yeah, probably some people are. 
I don't know. Do they have credit cards at this point? I don't know. Anyway, th- th- thank you for being patrons, Tom. We've gone over. Yeah. Um, hey, over and out. But we accomplished a lot. We had a baby update. We had a Batman <laughs> update. We had a books update. And then we uh, then we talked we about, about the Hobbit movies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A, a jam-packed episode. You're Tom. not going to be able to sue us over this episode, <laughs> you bastards. We'll see you in court, fuckers.